This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, creator, nourisher, cherisher, sustainer and protector of one and all. وأصلي وأسلم على نبينا محمد الأمين وعلى آله وصحبه الطيبين الطاهرين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين Complete blessings and salutations upon Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم and upon all his companions and upon all those who have followed him may Allah make us from amongst them Alhamdulillah الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who guided us to this deen and to the straight path. Had it not been for his guidance, we would have never been rightly guided. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us upon the straight path. Honored ulama, beloved brothers and sisters, dearest listeners, we welcome the month of Ramadan. But each one of us must welcome the month of Ramadan with a firm intention, with a goal, with an objective, with an aim. We all know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept the ultimate aim and goal of every single one of us as Jannah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described Jannah in the Quran so many times for a simple reason. And that is for us to know precisely what to expect or for us to know more about what we are going to be receiving inshallah and achieving in the same way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set a goal for all of us and he has described it and he has taught us how to get to it every one of us is a failure unless and until we have a goal in life and an aim and an objective and we know what it is and we work towards it. So whether it is in our workplace, whether it is in the home, in the house, whether it is the social life that we lead, whatever it is, the, the physical fitness that we may or may not have, or a sickness that we may or may not have, if we have an aim and objective and we have willpower to work towards achieving it, then inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it easy. I say this because we have welcomed the greatest month from amongst the months of the Islamic calendar. But all of us will flop and we will fail unless and until we have an aim and an objective and some goal that we are going to work towards in this month of Ramadan. If we do not have any aim and goal, then we will come for Salatul Taraweeh without even feeling and thinking that there is something spiritual to be achieved. We will find ourselves complaining about a few minutes this way or that way. We will find ourselves complaining about the temperature and other things. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. May Allah grant me firstly upliftment in spirituality in this month of Ramadan. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide myself and yourselves to follow that through even after the month of Ramadan so that inshallah ultimately when we meet him inshallah he will be pleased with us and we will be also pleased with his choice for us. May Allah grant us Jannah. This is a beautiful month. It is the best month of the Islamic calendar. The minute the moon is sighted, the barakat change in this month. 
the food that is eaten after the sighting of the moon has a different taste because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places in that food a different barakah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us acceptance every single one of us. We should understand that in this month Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the gift of taraweeh. Every single raka'ah that we engage in, we will be achieving the, the reward of a farad deed. And over and above that, every farad deed that we engage in will be multiplied inshallah 70 times. And even more depending on the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all acceptance inshallah. You might be wondering why I'm smiling. There is a note that has come to me saying there is no time limit. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept us all. So what I was saying moments ago is for myself firstly and then for every single one of us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to seize the bargains that he has in the sale if we may call it. If we enter any supermarket and we see two for the price of one, three for the price of one, it becomes more tempting. Four for the price of one, it becomes even more tempting. By the time it states five for the price of one, even if we don't need it, we are there and we buy it. Because we know we will sell it later on. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying something that is so difficult to understand. Seventy for the price of one. Seventy for the price of one, how many of us, as much as we are ready to enter a supermarket to buy a few items that will help us for a little while, when it says five for the price of one, how many are ready now for seventy for the price of one, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to engage in extra ibadat in this month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us upliftment. Then we have shaitan on the other hand. What he does is prior to him being tied up in the month of Ramadan, he ties us exactly where he wants us. So that after the month of Ramadan, he finds us exactly where he left us, if not in an even worse condition. May Allah not do that to us. It reminds me of the toys that you turn at the back and then they act for as long as that particular mechanism works and it unwinds. You wind it and it keeps on unwinding. Shaitan winds some of us prior to Ramadan and we keep on moving to his motion and his movement until the end of the month of Ramadan. So much so that when he is released, he finds us in a worse condition. What do I mean here? Let us in this month of Ramadan not spoil our taraweeh. We must not spoil our abstaining from food. The hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, مَن لَمْ يَدَعْ قَوْلَ الزُّورِ وَالْعَمَلَ بِهِ وَالْجَهْلَ فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ حَاجَةٌ فِي أَنْ يَدَعَ طَعَامَهُ وَشَرَابَهُ Whosoever does not abstain from foul language, from that speech which is unacceptable, from bearing false witness, and so on in the month of Ramadan, and has not abstained from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants the person to abstain from, in that which comes out of the mouth, then Allah says, the fact that they stayed away from putting things into their mouth was all a waste of time. Allah says, I don't need the fact that the person has stayed away from food and drink because they didn't achieve anything. This fast is meant to be making us conscious, not only of what goes into the mouth, but even as important, what comes out of the mouth. That is why normally, according to shaitan's plan, at two o'clock, when shaitan sees 
2 o'clock in the afternoon. When shaitan sees that now this person has stayed in the condition of fast and they may end the day whilst Allah is happy with them, shaitan comes and in fact prior to Ramadan he's already had his plan set that at that particular time people begin to lose their cool and their temper. It happens in the month of Ramadan more than outside the month of Ramadan. So I think if every one of us can aim, commencing with myself, at displeasing shaitan and pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, let us swallow our anger in this month of Ramadan. And let us make sure that we do not use our tongue, whether it is with our wives, with our children, with those who work for us, with those on the streets, with those on the roads. We should not lose our cool in any way. Let's use our tongues, inshallah, in a manner that will achieve the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we will not lose the reward, the aim and purpose of fasting. We also know that in this month the barakat are plentiful. Let us not only make dua for ourselves, but more so dua for others. So much so dua even for the enemies of ourselves or even for the enemies of Islam. May Allah soften their hearts and guide them to Islam. Guide them to La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah For it is this shahada that is going to ultimately drive myself and yourselves into Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept us all. If we take a look at the first command in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses mankind at large. He says, Ya O people, worship your Rabb. He didn't say, worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, worship your Rabb, because if you understand the meaning of the term Rabb, it will lead you to worship Him. What is the meaning of Rabb? Rabb is the creator, nourisher, cherisher, sustainer, protector of one and all. The one whom, when we are sick, we call out to Him. He is the one who owns cure, the one who owns sustenance, the one who owns absolutely everything, the one whom we shall return to, the one who can hear the call of the distressed when He calls. That is the meaning of the term Rabb. It does not have a simple translation in the English language. So the minute a person knows, whoever created me, I worship him, I have to worship him, I owe him my existence, inshallah, he or she is heading in the right direction. Whoever created me, whoever nourishes me, cherishes me, protects me, looks after me, whomsoever I am going to return to upon my death, that is whom I owe my entire existence to. If we say that, there is no risk involved in worship. And in the concept of Godhood, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us steadfast and strong. For this reason, no religion, no religion can ever go beyond Islam in explaining the concept of Godhood. In Islam, the concept of Godhood has absolutely no flaw, flawless. One might ask, so what is the meaning of the term Allah? Allah derived from Aliha Ya'lahu, the Arabic root verb known or meaning to worship. Al-Ma'luhu, the one who is worshipped. Allahu, 
the same meaning. Which means Allah means the one who is worshipped. He chose that name for himself. For that reason we call him Allah. And what is more important is to understand who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For this reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى فَادْعُوهُ بِهَا Allah has so many names. Call Him using those names. Allah has so many qualities. Call Him using those qualities. Because when we say, O owner of cure, cure me, it is actually confirming that whomsoever you are calling out to is actually the owner of cure. Oh, you who can hear my prayer, answer that prayer. You are calling out to the one who has heard you. No risks involved. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us strength. So when we say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that term Allah is not something that should be confusing us or the non-Muslims. Though the non-Muslims intentionally create confusion and they even mispronounce the word intentionally. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them all hidayah and soften their hearts and bring them to Islam. And those who are bent on mischief, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and the Muslim ummah in whatever way he feels fit. And may Allah safeguard us from their mischief. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rebound that mischief upon them. Amen. So as I mentioned, the first command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded in this Quran, He says, O people, worship your Rabb. One might ask, what is Rabb? We've explained it. But he continues to say, what has he done? He has created you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making us conscious of who we are. Where we came from and where we are heading. He says, He has created you and all those before you. By saying He has created all those before you, automatically He is informing us that you too are going to die. Subhanallah. Automatically He is informing us that you too are going to come to an end. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the turning to Him before it is too late. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thereafter says, if you are to understand who is your Rabb, and you are to worship Him, and you are to understand what He has done, He has brought you into existence, He has created everything for you, that will make you conscious of Him as well. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ so, if we are to understand who is Allah, firstly, that will lead us automatically, inshallah, to become conscious of Him and thereafter to fear Him and to try our best to create a barrier between ourselves and the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by engaging in good deeds and abstaining from bad deeds. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us all. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to say, He is the one. He's describing himself. He is the one who has made the earth like a carpet for you, so that you can walk on. And he has made the skies a canopy above you. And he has caused the rainfall to fall. After which the crop shall grow, the fruits shall grow for you to eat. الَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ فِرَاشًا وَالسَّمَاءَ بِنَاءً وَأَنزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً فَأَخْرَجَ بِهِ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ رِزْقًا لَكُمْ That verse is what I have just interpreted. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us steadfastness. Right at the beginning of the Quran, he's explaining who he is and what he wants from me and you. May Allah make us steadfast. Thereafter, he continues to say, look, if you are still in doubt, then I have a challenge. Allah says, if you are still in doubt regarding that which we have revealed to our worshiper, meaning Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which means if you are in doubt regarding this Quran, then bring forth, bring forth even a single surah similar to it. What does this mean? Allah is challenging everyone. That if there is anyone who claims to be a Nabi, anyone claiming to have prophethood, they should be having some miracle that supersedes everything that everyone else has and everything that everyone else may ever create, even if they all got together in order to try and make or invent that particular item. With us, we have the miracle of the Quran. One might ask, what happened to the previous books? They were not meant to remain. In order to prove that the Quran is the final testament which will be above all the other books. The people of the previous scriptures have lost those scriptures, whether they agree with it or not. If they have to compare the authenticity of the Quran with that of any other previous heavenly book, we all know that this Quran is intact. It is the supreme miracle that will exist until the day of Qiyamah. And Allah challenges one and all to say, if you are in doubt, bring forth even a small portion similar to the Quran. And hang on, not only yourselves, but bring together the entire existence. All human beings get together and try. You will never achieve it. May Allah keep us steadfast on this deen. How fortunate are we for having the Quran in front of us. It is our duty to learn this Quran, to understand it, to make sure that we act upon it. It will lead us to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And it will lead us to understanding that we need to respect the ulama who have brought it to us through the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the goodness that he has mentioned in the very next verse I am going to read. وَبَشِّرِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ أَنَّ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ Allah says, give good news to those who believe and do good deeds. That for them are gardens beneath which rivers will be flowing. May Allah grant that to us. Gardens beneath which rivers will be flowing. Today we have rivers beneath us that we cannot see. They are solely of water and at times possibly of oil in some parts of the world. But in Jannah the rivers will be seen. Whatever you think of, whatever you imagine, you will see a river of that particular liquid, drinkable liquid. You will see it immediately. And if you feel you want it, 
to get to your mouth, automatically you will be feeling it in your mouth. How it got there? No utensils involved. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all from Jannah. May He grant us a piece of Jannah. May He grant us all a garden. Why has Allah described Jannah? I mentioned moments ago in order to make the driving force that will drive us to achieving that goal very powerful. From this we also learn that in life, the more you know of your goal, the stronger the driving force that will lead you to achieving that goal shall be. The less you know about it, the weaker you shall be. And the driving force may, beco may become non-existent. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us strong. If I can dwell for a few moments on that. One of the goals and aims throughout the day, which is natural, which we don't even realize is a goal, is to eat. We need to put a plate of food in front of ourselves and those who depend on us before the end of the day or at a certain time. The driving force is so powerful that we will eat without even realizing at times that we are actually eating. Because we know that without this, our existence is at stake. Now if our driving force for achieving Jannah is very powerful, we will automatically come to Salah. We will automatically fulfill our Salah. We will give out Zakah, Lillah. We will abstain from Haram. But when that driving force becomes weak, we begin to engage in sin. We begin to leave Salah. We begin to stay away from the Quran and so on. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen our Iman. Iman is that particular driving force. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, regarding the kuffar, and the lesson is for all of us, because we need to look at the verses of the Quran and try and currentize them, bring them into our lives and see where does it fit in my life. Every single verse is valid. It has a lesson in it for us. Even those verses that are abrogated, they have lessons for us. And I'm going to get to that inshallah. So here Allah says, كَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَكُنْتُمْ فَأَحْيَاكُمْ ثُمَّ يُمِيتُكُمْ ثُمَّ يُحْيِيكُمْ ثُمَّ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ how is it that you can disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yet you were as good as dead previously? Every single one of us were non-existent. We were as good as those who have died and gone. But we hadn't yet come. And Allah says, then He gave us life, then He is going to cause death, and thereafter He shall resurrect us again. How dare we decide to disbelieve in what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked us to believe in. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us steadfast. And after that Allah mentions the beginning of man. He mentions the story of Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. And do you know what he says? We all know that Adam alayhi salatu wasalam made a mistake. We all know that. It was a sin. And Allah says, expressing his mercy, Adam alayhi salatu wasalam learnt a few words from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and thereafter repeated those words and Allah forgave him. 
Because definitely Allah is most forgiving, most merciful. Why does Allah mention this in the first opening chapter of the Quran? Because every single one of us is human. Today we've entered the month of Ramadan, for example. Yes, we have all committed sin. Some major sins, some minor sins, and some a mixture of both. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. So it is very important that we commence this month of mercy with some hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You open the Quran, it is important that you see the verses of mercy and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave even those sins that were committed at the very beginning in Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. How and why they were committed? It was the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was not that Adam alayhi salatu was was evil. No. It was the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to teach us something and in order to release Adam alayhi salatu was onto the earth. What do we learn? Let us never lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What were these words that Adam alayhi salatu was learned? These words were acknowledging sin. Acknowledging that you've committed the sin. Don't deny it, number one. Number two, seeking forgiveness. Oh Allah, forgive me. I am weak. Ya Allah, I've committed a sin. I've committed so many sins. Ya Allah, forgive me. You are the owner of forgiveness. And the third part of that process of what is known as tawbah is to promise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you will not repeat it and I will not repeat it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Once we've got these conditions, Inshallah, we shall be forgiven. Let's open this month of Ramadan all seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Allah, forgive us all. Ya Allah, we've committed so many sins. We acknowledge that we've committed sin, Ya Allah. But we also know that you are most merciful, Ya Allah. Forgive us in the same way you forgave Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thereafter says, Do you want assistance? If you want assistance, you want to be helped and guided throughout your life. Yes, there is a formula. What is that formula? In tonight's verses, it was repeated twice. وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ Seek assistance through patience and through salah. Those are the two things that will help you. Patience. Don't lose your cool. Don't get angry. Be patient. When it comes to abstaining from that which is haram, it requires this restraint, also known as sabr in the Arabic language. And engage in salah. What will salah do? Salah will help us get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Salah also means dua in the Arabic language. Salah also means dua in the Arabic language. Let's make dua and pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to alleviate whatever we might be going through. The difficulties, the calamities. At times we may be suffering a medical problem, an illness. Make dua and bear sabr. Engage in salah and bear sabr. That is what will lead you to success. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all success. But Allah says, those two things are very difficult. They are extremely difficult. 
except for those who are dedicated worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you are having a problem bearing patience and sabr, and you are having a problem with salah, that means the person or such a person is not from amongst those who is a dedicated worshipper of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May He make us dedicated. He says, It is difficult to bear sabr and to engage in salah except for those who are dedicated worshippers, which means those who will achieve goodness will only be those who are dedicated worshippers for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May He make us all strong. And in another verse, which was also read tonight with the same meaning Allah says subhanahu wa ta'ala ya ayyuhalladhina amanu sta'inu bis sabri was salah o you who believe o you who believe seek assistance through sabr and salah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that easy for us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thereafter makes mention of Musa alayhi salatu was salam why does Allah mention Musa alayhi salatu was salam in the opening verses or in the opening chapter? For many reasons. Let me read this verse and let's see if we can pick up a reason. Allah says, وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابَ وَقَفَّيْنَا مِنْ بَعْدِهِ بِالرُّسُلِ وَآتَيْنَا عِيسَى بْنَ مَرْيَمَ الْبَيِّنَاتِ وَأَيَّدْنَاهُ بِرُوحِ الْقُدُسِ أَفَكُلَّمَا جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ بِمَا لَا تَهْوَى أَنفُسُكُمُ اسْتَكْبَرْتُمْ فَفَرِيقًا كَذَّبْتُمْ وَفَرِيقًا تَقْتُلُونَ الله سيد سبحانه وتعالى Verily, we have sent Musa alayhi salatu wasalam with the message. And we followed him with other messengers as well as Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not just send Musa alayhi salatu wasalam without a follow-up. But he was followed up. The message was followed up. There were messengers reminding the people to do good, reminding the people to stick to the scriptures that were revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we gave Isa alayhi salatu was salam clear signs and he was assisted by Jibreel alayhi salatu was salam. And Allah says, is it that every time a messenger came to you with that which your heart does not desire, you disagreed, you denied, you became arrogant and you didn't like it? And some of them you disagreed with and some of them you actually killed. Some of them you disbelieved in and some of them you killed. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala suddenly use the second person? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying you suddenly. Prior to that verse he was using the third person. They and them. Suddenly he says you. The lesson is for every single one of us. This is the month of Ramadan. Inshallah, every day we will be taking verses of the Quran and putting them forward. For my benefit firstly. Just as a reminder. And for the benefit of everyone who is here and everyone who is listening. And everyone who will listen in the future. 
if Allah wills that. But we will never be able to change if we have this attitude that is described in the first chapter of the Quran. What is the attitude? Whenever anyone tells us something that our hearts do not like, we sideline them. We speak bad about them. We don't want them. We spread rumors about them. And we kill them at times. I hope that it hasn't got, or it, I hope it hasn't got to that in our communities. I don't think it has. But with the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam, they were killed because the powerful in society. And I'm using the word powerful because at times a person may not really have much wealth, but he is powerful. And at times a person may have wealth and is still powerful. And sometimes a person has wealth but has no power. The powerful and the mischief makers within societies and communities normally disagree and deny. Or usually disagree and deny whenever there is something that is against their own hearts and desires. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us from amongst those. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really and truly make us from amongst those whom when we are told what is right and wrong, we submit and we surrender. In the same way that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum surrendered and submitted. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after that makes mention of the verses that he has abrogated in the Quran. Again, a question we can ask ourselves. Why is this verse right at the beginning? Because some of us or all of us should be reading the Quran. The translation of the Quran, it's not wrong to pick up the English translation and read it. But it is wrong when we derive and extract rules and regulations from the Quran without being qualified to do so. That is what is wrong. In the Quran, there are a few types of verses. Verses that are understood by everyone. Those related to the stories of the previous Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam, The greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so on. They can be understood by everyone. And when we read those verses, let us try and currentize them. Let us try and apply them into our own lives. When we read about Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam, let's see where we are going wrong. We shouldn't be engaging in that which those engaged in at that time. Because if we do that, we will be punished in the same way. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not punish us. Then there are verses of the Quran that the ulama would understand. Those who are qualified. What are those verses? Those verses connected to rules and regulations. Rules and regulations. And the complex verses at times connected to belief. At times not everyone can, in, can understand them. So the second type of verses, those which only the ulama understand. Whenever we come across such a verse, rather than jumping to conclusion, make a note and go and ask the ulama. Alhamdulillah, there is no shortage of ulama. The third type of verses, those verses which not even the ulama know what is meant by those verses. Such as, Kaf None knows the meaning of this besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are the types of verses in the Quran. Allah says, Those verses that we have decided to abrogate and cancel their ruling, we have come with 
verses that are better or equal to those particular verses. What does that mean? That means, and this only applies to rules and regulations, not to belief. There is not a single verse connected to belief in the Quran that was abrogated, not even one. But there are verses connected to rules and regulations of the Sharia that were abrogated, which means they were cancelled. The ruling was cancelled or modified later on within the same Quran or within the lifetime of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For example, the ruling of alcohol. We all know it is haram to partake, to consume, to buy, to sell, to carry. All this is haram. To pack, everything is haram. To transport. Totally. But initially, almost everyone was involved in one way or another with alcohol, either drinking it, selling it, or what have you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because He is the most merciful, He decided that let me, the ultimate ruling is haram, but let me help my worshippers get to that particular stage where they would love to leave it. And when they left it, they would leave it wholeheartedly. So, the prohibition of alcohol was revealed in stages. For that reason in the Quran, you might see a verse, O you who believe, do not approach salah in the condition of drunkenness. Some might understand from that, that okay, if it is not the time of salah, we are allowed to be drunk. Well, that rule applied at a certain time. Thereafter, the ruling of that verse, though the verse is recited today, it has been abrogated, cancelled, modified. So we will read the verse. It is an ibadah to read the verse, but the ruling no longer applies. That is why Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will cancel verses, whichever verses we want regarding the rules and regulations. And we will come with that which is better or that which is equal. Thereafter, there is a verse in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they ask you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, regarding alcohol or intoxicants and gambling, or in fact intoxicants, let's dwell on intoxicants, tell them that in it there is good and bad, but the bad is more than the good. So if someone opens the Qur'an and decides to read it on their own and looks at it and say, yes, well let me start sitting and thinking what is the good so that I can also possibly earn from this alcohol. No, this is what we mean when we say we need the assistance of the ulama to understand which verses have been abrogated and why they have been abrogated. Let me get to one of the reasons. Today, for example, a person who is smoking, if they would like to help themselves to abstain from smoking, there are two ways, two basic ways of achieving it. One is overnight, willpower, leave it now, abstain. And the other is cut down slowly. So, it would be much easier if that person had to cut down, say from 20 cigarettes to 19, to 18, to 15. By the time they get to 15, isn't 25% of the problem solved? Subhanallah. When they get to 10, isn't 50% of the problem solved? Is it not much better than having smoked 20? Though we do not condone it in any way, neither the 10 nor the 20. 
But surely the person himself should feel better that I have now come down. 50% of my problem is solved. What should make them feel better? The fact that even the prohibition of alcohol came down in stages. Today it is totally haram. So no one can say that no, I'm also giving it up in stages. But a person who is never going to give it up, if they have cut down slowly within themselves, they have comfort in these verses of the Qur'an to say that at least 50% of my problem is solved. Thereafter 75, possibly 90 and inshallah by the will of Allah, 100% of the problem is solved. So these are verses of hope. The abrogated verses, they present hope to myself and yourselves when it comes to abstaining from haram. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us total abstention from haram. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention in this Qur'an about the people of the book, those who received scriptures prior to us, the Jews and the Christians. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they know Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam very well, just like how one would know his or her children. الَّذِينَ آتَيْنَاهُمُ الْكِتَابَ يَعْرِفُونَهُ كَمَا يَعْرِفُونَ أَبْنَاءَهُمْ وَإِنَّ فَرِيقًا مِّنْهُمْ make us from amongst those who hide rules and regulations of the Quran. There is another verse which we also read tonight which tells us that anyone who is going to abstain from conveying the message of the Quran because they are worried about people who are more powerful suddenly they become a statistic. Statistic of what? Sign of Qiyamah. A person will be honored as a sign of Qiyamah. A person will be honored solely because the one who wants to tell him to abstain from that bad is fearing backlash. That's all. Fearing the damage that might be caused later on. So we keep quiet and block a verse of the Quran. That is what the... Those before us have done. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says... إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَكْتُمُونَ مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَيَشْتَرُونَ بِهِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا أُولَئِكَ مَا يَأْكُلُونَ فِي بُطُونِهِمْ إِلَّا النَّارِ وَلَا يُكَلِّمُهُمُ اللَّهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَلَا يُزَكِّيهِمْ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those who hide part of which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed, and they buy in place of it something very meager, something very minor, something very small. There is a verse of the Quran, you've got to tell it. Like for example, the eating of interest. Many people eat interest. In fact, the sins throughout the globe, I can name them, I can mention them, the five major sins. We have, for example, zina, committed all over the globe. We have the eating of interest, we have alcohol, we have drugs, for example. And we have... Let's say lying, cheating. Now any masjid you enter, any public gathering, any alim is going to speak about any of these major sins. There, have, there has to be people in the crowd thinking that he is speaking about me. Because he is. 
Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's verses have included myself and yourselves. But never think that He only means me. He is speaking about people like me. That is a better way of putting it. Now, some begin to hate the alim. They begin to hate this person. Some would go to him, give him a bit of money and say, you know, that verse, don't speak about it. That doesn't happen in our deen, inshallah. But with the Jews and the Christians, they deleted verses. Verses. That is why some Christians have a Bible which has 72 books. And other Christians have a Bible which has 68 books. Where did the other books disappear? Were they paid in order for those books to be deleted? That is a question they need to answer. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not do that to us. So, we must be happy. We will be going through the Qur'an and I guarantee you what you are involved in, what I may be involved in, what everyone is involved in, appears in this Qur'an. And those verses are directed at myself and yourselves, even prior to my birth and yours. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew that one day someone is going to come and recite these verses in order to be a reminder for myself and yourselves. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those who understand the greatness of the Qur'an and the fact that it has covered every topic and may we be accepted to change for the better. The last verse I'd like to mention tonight is... Related to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Why it is very important is because there is a lesson. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. وَإِذِ ابْتَلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُمْ Allah tested Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam in so many ways. And he passed all his tests, one after the other. So Allah told him, قَالَ إِنِّي جَاعِلُكَ لِلنَّاسِ إِمَامًا O Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, I am going to make you a leader. A leader for the people. What did he say? Immediately he was concerned about after he departs. What will happen? He says, قَالَ وَمِن ذُرِّيَّتِي Ya Allah, what about my family members? What about my progeny, Ya Allah? Subhanallah. What does this teach us? We need to make dua for our progeny, for our offspring. Let's not just worry about ourselves. Yes, we make dua for ourselves. Look at Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. He was told, you, I will make you a leader. Immediately he said, what about my family, my progeny? And Allah responded saying, La My promise will never get to those who are oppressors. Those who have transgressed, this promise of mine does not encompass them. Which means everyone will be leaders. Unless they are oppressors. And we're talking of leaders in deen. Unless they are oppressors. And they have oppressed and wronged. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. In fact, Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, few verses later Allah makes mention of how he made a dua. What was that dua? He says, Rabbana waja'alna muslimayni lak. Oh Allah, myself and Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam, my son. We have constructed this Kaaba and put it up for your sake. Ya Allah, accept it from us and make us from amongst the submitters. But he didn't stop there. Listen to what he says and it's a lesson for all of us. Rabbana waja'alna muslimayni laka wa min dhurriyyatina ummatan muslimatan lak. And O oh Allah, from my offspring and my progeny, 
that will continue after me, Ya Allah. Make them nations who will submit to you, Ya Allah. Make them from amongst those who will submit. From the Muslimin. So, Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam's dua was accepted. And we've all seen all the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam who came after him. Were they not from his offspring? Including Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasalam. Is he not linked to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam through Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam? Yes, he is. And we need to understand this. Let us all make dua for ourselves, for our children, for the Muslim Ummah. And let us all, inshallah, become better people. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. I'd just like to spend two minutes mentioning, inshallah, that today, because it was the first day, we overshot slightly. I had intended to actually cut off at the cut off time that I promised, but I have a license in my pocket that somebody had just come and given me telling me that there is no time limit. I would presume that is solely for tonight. So inshallah tomorrow we will try our best to stick to the time limit inshallah. As you noticed our aim is not or our aim is that we, we do not want to compromise the correctness of the Quran. Because every letter we would be achieving just for listening to it also. The reward of having engaged in a farad act because it is the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to listen to the Quran, to read it and so on. So we all know that a sunnah act, you, we would receive the reward of a farad. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us.